0: An idea born out of Monday morning chats at the coffee machine, in this series we chat to our guests about their going out experiences and how it shaped them. Join us, Pippa and Georgia, team members
1: at Skiddle who love going out and miss chatting about it. Hey Georgia. Hello. <laughs> Welcome sounds <laughs> like you're going to interview me. That's fourth season. No. No. <laughs> today we're joined by Youssef and many of you will know his name recently from hosting and planning and playing the UK's first dance.
0: Yeah, the government pilot scheme, which mm-hmm. happened recently. And we also we we just thought he would be the perfect first I mean, guest yeah. for series three. I he did. obviously did the pilot event. It's May seventeenth today and we're all just kind of looking forward to the future feeling really positive and he's kind of been at the forefront of everything that's been happening recently in terms of like clubbing events yeah. so um yeah we thought it would be great to hear more about his first going out experiences growing up in crosby going out in liverpool in the 90s and um yeah what it actually felt like being a part of the government pilot scheme and, and- it sounded amazing yeah <laughs> so, emotional goosebumps tears everything. yeah yeah some some potential tears yeah so enjoy, enjoy. the podcast episode <laughs> we're really happy to be back and hopefully more positive
1: stories coming out of all these conversations now that everything's starting to open up again exactly
0: enjoy enjoy welcome to Youssef, dj promoter producer record label owner to the going out podcast welcome thanks for hi, coming hi thank on. you for having me Oh, thank you for joining us. I feel like I had a bit of a brainwave last week. Like we were just thinking about how could we start off series three in the best way? And, who better and I feel like who to better me. to speak to than you? Who's been <laughs> basically at the forefront of <laughs> the reopen? Yeah, clubbing <laughs> culture the last few weeks, especially. So um, yeah. we can't wait to kind of pick your brains a bit about oh, thank that. Thank you. So, yeah, we basically just want to find out more about your first going out experiences.
1: Um, yeah. I usually was. start at the beginning, at like the first going out experiences for,
0: for our guests.
2: So you go <laughs> in the, the, the very beginning, beginning, like yeah. You know.
0: It's well, always not, good yeah. to hear. Not like going to like Wacky Warehouse or going to the park, <laughs> but like yeah. maybe a bit later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: yeah. swinging on me, running. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, swing at the
2: the No, I, I can remember um, trying to get into this pub in Crosby, Liverpool, where I used to live. Called called the George, <clears> or <throat> well, it was it was abbreviated to the G at one point. Like, Ooh, you know, wow, you we know, <laughs> you know, super cool, but, but really, I was 14 with like long long hair and uh, I managed to summon five. English pounds together, and then we went. We just went there, and somehow, clothed, clothing, <laughs> enormous coats and loads of loads of jewellery. It was absolutely ridiculous. Was Is that great.
1: an attempt to like look look um of age kind of thing?
2: Yeah, like, yeah Look old. Yeah. I, I didn't look old at all, but um, <laughs> we, we, we didn't manage to get in though successfully. And for some reason, after my fourth drink, which even to this day isn't. Too much for me <laughs> um i managed to sing "Unchained melody to some some girl and then left home sorry left that left the g Hand in hand with a lady, so overall, Whoa, very successful. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a great first
1: experience. Yeah, a bit of romance. Yeah.
2: yeah well, <laughs>
1: <I'm gonna fall. laughs> that's amazing.
0: Um, and then, what were they kind of playing music in there, or was that something that came along like further down the line, or?
2: Oh no, the, the, the George was just kind of it was almost like a teen scene pub you know, I think that the local authorities were fully aware that it was full of <laughs> underages, but it was just easier to keep everybody in there yeah. than let them kind of wander the streets. And I think, I think it was just uh, like a necessary evil. Um, but it was, it was fun, you know, we, we went there for, for years and it wasn't music-based at all, although I did end up DJing in there once when we were one of my first ever gigs. Um, my friend was a DJ this guy called Franny. Put up Franny if you're listening. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, I managed to get play, put a, a few tunes on and it was interesting And remember that they, said it's just when you play it's just different the room just comes alive what is it I was like I don't know I've been playing for a year but even then it seems to kind of have a, a bit of a knack you know yeah. But it was good it was good fun, oh, was, that's was good fun.
0: how old were you then when you were, when you went back to DJ then was that like a bit of a weird experience going back
2: as a DJ oh no 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 it wasn't that to do a proper gig it, it, I was only like 18 so it was probably yeah. way too old for that place at that point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe 18 and 19 but you know it was we'd we'd still pop in every now and again and you know sing Gun Chain Melody at four pints
0: (laughs) and then obviously growing up near Liverpool there must have been a huge music scene obviously when you were mm. growing up so what what kind of places would you start going out to later well, on down the line
2: the, the first kind of like acid house then I, I got sucked into was this place which is directly almost opposite bramley moore dock it's not there anymore it's you it would go you would go on a friday night and it was the first place almost in liverpool give or take to to play acid house and kind of early early race. and it, it, it was magical i mean point but it it was the um, like kind of archetypal rave culture where you from, what your name, what you had, all all that stuff, <laughs> and and it, and it was great. I and mean, they would just play anthems, and I loved it. <clears throat> and it and it was the the opposite of going to the pub. and feeling a little bit unsure of yourself, and it, is this gonna go a bit rowdy? We gonna have a fight or all, all that type of stuff. You go in there, and it was the opposite. It was really inclusive, and I, and that ethos has never left me you know trying to make people feel included and it was because of that weird place called bonkers in fact only only last year we were looking for kind of a place to do after parties after bramley Dock. so i went over on the off chance but it's now some weird art gallery or something but no that's (laughs) so sad (laughs) And
0: what artists were you listening to back then? Going to see at those places like bonkers.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, once I started kind of traveling around the country, even well, even locally, um, some DJ called what's his name, um, Carl Cox. Might have like heard of them and then, and maybe, one, oh, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah rings a bell. Uh, yeah but he used to do these like Tuesday nights at a place called Fallows in A3 and, and like it's in a rough industrial state but the, it was the heartbeat of, of Rave and Liverpool for, for a long time with him and DJ Sy and Topos and early sets and the Prodigy and Joy and all, the, all all these people on a Tuesday night and don't forget the flyer safe price four quid
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is...
2: <laughs> that's what said that on the, it said it said on the flyer safe price
1: <laughs> and <laughs> we, you still remembered it That's we
0: um, came across some skiddle flyers from back in the day yeah. that rich and ben used to put out um <laughs> some of them were weird they weren't were they I, like old school flyers are like w- so interesting to look at <laughs>
2: it? but it was it, it was all about kind of expanding your mind and all that stuff back then and you're you just pulling all, all these kind of weird salvador dolly style images <laughs> you know and bringing it all together but it was great you know i used to go to those raves in the full acid house outfit the, the, the big baggy orange trousers and the hoodie and the, and the, the kind of african pendants and everything it was real couldn't it be more of a cliche loved it
1: yeah will you ever bring them back out for another night or are they yeah, retired out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But never take them off exactly
2: I got them and there's this place in Liverpool famously called St John's Market and it sells kind of just off the beaten track, low versions of what you might get in a good shop. And mm-hmm. that, and that's where I got them from for like twenty quid, which for me then was like it may as well be a million quid. Yeah. <laughs> but that I had twenty quid to spend on clothes was big big news for me.
0: Fashion's always such a big part of an eye out, isn't it? Like mm. we spoke to Salado, Mark from Salado, um, the first the, in the <laughs> like the first episode. Yeah. And he said he used to go out with like a high viz. <laughs> like Jack- jacket on you
2: know what he needs one of them again in fairness yeah. <laughs> safety from, from everybody else yeah <laughs> so he's like
0: yeah literally everyone <laughs> and then um, cream started in Liverpool right so yeah. was that part of where you were going out back in the day
2: or yeah yeah I mean because what, what happened was you know the, the rave culture went very quickly candy rave and as in the, these kind of like crappy versions of acid house records we're, were making their way onto kind of mainstream uh, radio, and it wasn't cool at all. It, it got very corny very quickly. So Cream opened as kind of an antithesis of all that. In fact, they were already doing nights like three five one, in Liverpool bringing people like uh, Frankie Knuckles and Dave Morales and stuff to do five one. Um, actually, went to the first birthday, and but then Cream opened in the Anna. and the whole ethos of, of it was to kind of you had to look well dressed listen to much 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 cooler music and you went in and it was exactly that it was the total opposite of um like the candy raven but the way the way it had gone and people were a lot cooler much more multicultural uh, much more kind of multisexual and everything that you would expect in it and it was literally the coolest place with that and the bar bar in Liverpool were kind of the standing on their on their own at the time
0: yeah it's grown into such a huge I mean they've obviously got creamfield institution institution yeah it must have been so Interesting to see that kind of growth and journey. I suppose yeah. similar to your own brand, really. Well, um,
2: I, I guess in some ways, but I think because Cream were at the very, very beginning on being able to kind of put 3,000 people in, well, because it went from the annex to the annex and the main room in the academy over quite a short period. So it went from kind of five hundred people to three thousand. Wow. Um and they were doing that weekly for years. You know, if you if you put it into context, we do brandly modes off for, for around three thousand people once every month, six weeks. And did it every week. Wow. for you know for years and years and years and years and years and years. But yeah. um but yeah, it it was amazing in, in Cream, you know, that kind of rave thus of people just being twisted, listening to amazing music definitely bled into the coolness, if you like. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a kind of uh, a, a range of things, but um yeah, it meant a lot to a lot of people, Cream Dirty, including myself.
0: Yeah, and still does. Yeah.
2: Well, so. I, I got the resident because after going there every week for seven years, eventually my DJ career started properly after practicing and then I got the call up for, to be the resident because I knew that club as well as anybody and I knew the Annex was better than, as well as anybody. So to get the call up, I was like, wow. God, you know, what, what must that have
1: felt like? Like you being on the other side of kind of the music as such.
2: Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was at the time. It felt like a real achievement, and it and, and it was because I fantasized about it, as in like almost like manifested it. And I'm like, I'm not kind of like one of the comedy spiritual guys like at all, but I couldn't sleep sometimes because I, I used to think about being resident at green that much. Wow. And I, I would think about how I'm going to use these kind of because th- they got the whole club renovated by this guy called Steve Dash. He put an amazing sound system in and renovated the the turntables and everything and made it the most. Other than Ministry, the most uh, the most advanced club space in the whole of the UK it was incredible. And as a regular, I'd be like. What am I gonna do when I'm gonna play on these decks? And they you know, they're they're sprung mounted and it's got a rotary mixer. Bear in mind, it was it, it was just in my mind. They had no idea that I wanted to do it. They probably didn't even know I was a DJ and I couldn't sleep for weeks thinking about it. And then I had this kind of almost um premonition that they were gonna come to me in this particular bar and ask me to be the resident, and they did.
1: Oh, my- yeah, that's
2: crazy. Yeah. It, it, it was in the Lyceum Bar in the bottom of Bald Street. I used to "Think it's going to happen, you know?" And I, they're going to—I'm going to have to figure out how to use a sprung-mounted Steve dash decks, and it, it happened. That is joking. insane. Yeah. That, that- so had I've they? I've said this before, but it didn't happen yeah.
0: Had they? Wow. How did they hit? How did they know? Like you were you, or like you were the a DJ, or how did that go? Well, come
2: out? prior to, to me getting the, the residency offer, I'd won this DJ competition in a magazine called Music, and it was like a really prominent DJ competition at, at the time. They had like two thousand entries every month, and James Abela won it as well over the like a couple of years later, um, and it kind of catapulted me into a position where I was suddenly getting gigs. Uh, I got. An amazing, really significant gig at passion in Ibiza when I I tore the place to shreds. And I just thought that was just normal, you know. And then (laughs) I got an agent and then I got offered gigs at uh, Ministry of Sound and then Renaissance. And I was simultaneously the resident at Ministry and Renaissance suddenly. And then Cream came in and said, Do you want to be resident here? Knowing that I'd say yes. So, um, that, that, that's kind of how things progressed in a, in, in a shorter version of the story but yeah and I started playing there every week for, uh, for six hours in the Annex Wow! so I'm kind of like you know I just thought I was going to be the warm up guy but like no no when you should play start to finish and so it taught me this is the interesting thing about being a kind of a, a DJ in your bedroom to being a pro DJ is when you start in the, kind of in the clubs you almost have to start again you can be a master in your bedroom and doing all tricks and all these things but really you have to kind of almost re-earn your stripes it's really interesting
0: yeah is that what is is it because you might be a bit nervous or is it just completely different playing in front of a crowd because you kind of have to like see how the crowd are. Yeah, vibing. they're such a big factor
1: in it almost.
2: There's all sorts of little idiosyncrasies <clears throat> that you have to take in. Maybe the, the sound, the, there could be a, something wrong with one of the mixer. The doorman could, could have been in a mood when you come in. Your records at the time might be like dusty or yeah, there's a record that you really want to play and doesn't work. Maybe it's an MP3 and it should be a WAV. All, all these things that you have to kind of be, be ready for, but above everything, DJing will always be about only two things, no matter how skillful you are, because I'm quite technical guy but over the years you kind of realize it's just about great music in the right order doesn't change
1: (laughs) so it sounds so simple when you put it like that
2: (laughs) well but you you have to kind of feel out the room yeah you have to kind of like almost take in other people's moods and personal it's very psychological
0: yeah so to yeah, what extent I do you pre-plan? Do you, does it always go to, to that plan or is it like you I, do I think, sometimes or do you always kind of wing
2: it? I, I don't pre-plan at all.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: Yeah, I, I, I. the only thing I do is make sure I've got a stack of new music Music that I am really excited to play, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of carries me down, down a, down a journey if you like. And obviously, my uh, absolute priority when I'm DJing is to make sure that I rock it and the people front <clears throat> to me have a good time, and uh, I give them that they, the respect that they deserve. And what I mean by that is most of the, the audience would have worked all week to buy a ticket, you know, and you've got to give them. A good time because the, 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 I suppose the tag phrase from circus the whole time has been entertainment and enlightenment, and that kind of comes from my ethos of, of being a being a DJ and want people to have a good time, mm-hmm. listen to good to new music. So it's my job to kind of entertain them, but and you know shove new tracks down their throat at the same time.
0: Yeah, and then do and you, I'm
2: not into just playing the hits; it's too easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then do you? Well, so you're always on the lookout for new music, so you're always getting sent new stuff. Is that what you're doing on a continuous basis until you play the next event?
2: Yeah, of course, because obviously I run Circus Recordings, so yeah. I've got an abundance of amazing records, like, you know, a year in advance, really, sometimes. So coupled with that, with the hundreds of I got sent a week and I kind of managed to get through some, then all my kind of like DJ mates, producer mates, like will send me special edits and tracks and all these bits and pieces. Um, so I take from all them what makes me feel the best, yeah. As in, do these records make me feel good, rather than kind of, is it? I'm not really into records that sort are of functional. Does it make me feel something, and then and then I'll kind of have to at that point. If it makes you feel something, but it's too long or it's got drags on a bit, or maybe it's not long, you know. Then I'll I'll make some edits into making it into my own version, um, and then I'll I'll play it and hopefully it'll work. Uh,
1: sounds again very <laughs> simple, but I'm just it's not. not.
2: No, no, it's it's not it's not simple that's all. You know, it's quite the opposite because again, all the kind of nuances. Is the bit that you can only pick up over time. Yeah. Because e- e- even the, the, the mix down on a record, the sonic finish on it is the difference between you rocking it and not. Mm. So it's really important to me that every record that, like I get sent demos all the time and I say to the, the <laughs> producers, that usually newer guys, look, it's an amazing track. Don't be afraid to go and get it mixed down by somebody else because it'll make you your good, good idea into something that might, might be remembered in years to come.
0: Yeah, Let's yeah. Do it. Obviously, back in the day, people weren't sending you MP3s or WAVs or whatever over emails or through press lists or whatever so where were you going out to get your new music in, um, assuming record stores and stuff
2: yeah I mean I, I'd go to 3 Beat in Liverpool when it used to be called 3 Beat what was at the central point or play music in Leeds which, which is more house based or maybe 23rd Precinct uh, in Glasgow or Eastern Block in Manchester yeah I mean I'd make these pilgrimages just to go and get two or three tunes mm. um, but then you know because <clears throat> things started well I went from like six years Of DJing to nobody to suddenly be DJing to lots of people. And then uh, I got given a residency on Radio One. So I was was, was on Radio One for three years as well. So I was suddenly getting like a stack. Like, you know those big um, post office sacks that you see, the big grey ones? Yeah. I would get a full full one of them every week. Um, And with usually stacked with 10 or 15 plates like acetate as well of all these new things so it was a it's like a full-time job to keep keep up yeah. at the time so um so yeah i was i've never struggled for music and actually i like record shopping but i've, I've never been one of those guys that, like to sit there all day trying to find that one tune i like to get in find records that i, I like and then leave that's why i really enjoy it now because i can get music from anywhere and then edit it um, to suit me you know rather than kind of think well i like a bit of that but i don't like a bit of that you know some of the record isn't for me and all those stuff <laughs> so i like to make my own versions almost every set
1: yeah yeah you sound like well you are such a music enthusiast and is that kind of the reason why you've got so many different hats of your career almost you're kind of the producer the record label owner and all these and like other hats that come with it is is that fueled by a love and passion
2: for music well I think it's fueled by love and passion for, for, for DJing mm-hmm. as such. Yeah. Uh, as in, because that's the thing I like to do the most. It's it's definitely the thing I'm, be- I'm best at. And it's, it's the audience and interaction that I, I really connect with. You know, I have to feed off the audience. But if you're not, being a reasonable producer or doing your own events events or doing a record label or, or as I put it contributing to the scene if you're just taking out it, you, you know you, you're gonna run out so you have to keep on contributing to the scene to kind of sustain the one thing that you really love to do now over the years I almost like fell in love with making music properly you know like okay i like to do that and it's, it's the same feeling I used to have when I used to go to college I'd sack off to go home and play on the decks and I have that feeling like you know I want to go and play in the studio and you know so that's that connected with me and it took me a long time to kind of connect with doing the circus events in terms of i had a bit of a resistance to being a booker and booking on the mates because I, I do a high percentage of the dj bookings always have um so i was a bit resistant to kind of picking up the phone to the agents and you know not me not being a dj artist person and having to be but over time i really enjoy that too and it's and it's become like a, an additional skill set that's that's led me in good stead to do other things and again with with running a record label it was in sort the of necessity because I was making these, this music and then sending it to a record label and then may or may not may not sign it and if we do sign it it's going to come out in like 3,000 years and it's gonna be this and know what <laughs> think, you know so it's like okay if you want something done well I've always been uh, resourceful so yeah. like let's let's just do it myself and see how we how we get on and it's uh it's full on you know trying to do everything at once Mm. especially with all the other stuff and worky stuff i'm doing at the moment i'm having two young children too so yeah man
0: busy (laughs) it sounds busy (laughs) yeah i suppose booking booking in itself is quite a craft isn't it because you have to kind of gauge obviously who your audience is but also um like who's new and what's Mm. upcoming and like who's bubbling up so how have you found that over the years is there any bit has there been any times where you're like oh i've nailed this or like where you've been a bit like oh god i shouldn't i shouldn't have done this or because
2: <laughs> they're yeah, the I'd good say, stories say, <laughs> yeah a combination of both but I, I would say overall it's it's gone quite well because i've got richard mcginnis who's been best mate and business partner and like he's like a proper rave scientist so he between us we kind of Work towards what could be the best because we've always wanted to kind of do new music and push it forward, but in, with with a, a clear air of reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never, you know, we've gone super noodles and you know, and what we do with circus because it's just too it's risky enough anyway. Yeah. Um. But you, you know, because I've got the label and because I'm getting these double plates way in advance, because I've got this connections to like most DJs around the world and and their kind of labels, and I'm seeing things that are coming through a year in advance sometimes like okay this guy's got two remixes come in on say reboot's label in at this state and I can see it's starting to connect over here and this person's playing his tune so I can see what's happening because I'm on the road um in in real um in real time yeah so to speak Don't get me wrong, you know, some people just suddenly show up and like, shit, I had no idea who that person is. And they're suddenly massive. But that's maybe because that's just the way it is these Mm -hmm. days because social media these days can be, like, alarming. But overall... <laughs> <laughs> who is it? Who's
0: who, who's around at the moment, or is kind of bubbling up that you can see, or are aware excited of? about?
2: Yeah, well, I, I'd say you know there's like a real range of people. It, it, it was great having like the first answer that we got a, a real mix of of people, as yeah. well a real range of you know society, if you like. Yeah, it's good to have Jaguar on as well as a, as a first time because she's she's super cool. I met her in Jersey a few years ago. And she just ran up to me when I was DJing and she goes, Hi, I'm Jaguar, I work for Mixmag. <laughs> and she's like, I brought it up to day when I seen her. And she was like, oh, oh something you've never said that again. I go, sorry, I sorry for making it public. But she, 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 she's super cool. Um, and, and even more locally, James Organ. Uh, he's really coming through because again, he works for us at Circus and he's probably shifting and he was like an intern and he's built his way up. But again, he's a really accomplished producer now. Um, he's got a great studio at home and he, he's very self-sufficient. Uh, he, he's quite a, a bookworm, you know, and he's a really, int- he's a quite intellectual guy as well. So he puts a shift in. Yeah. So it's good to see him coming through. And of course, you know, shout out to Lewis Borden too. That's been with us f- f- forever. And he's, reignited his love for making music more recently and it's good you know it's good to see it's good to see people that um are just excited about the music as, as i clearly am yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. the lineup well we could well we will talk about it a little know, later I, on i'm but, itching to talk about it <laughs> but with the pilot it was <laughs> obviously a huge lineup with the likes of fat boy slim yeah um bless madonna and J2G. so many yeah jada g the list goes on and so i was Interested to know, were they just like absolutely itching to get out? How did it work? Did you have like a kind of curated list of people that you wanted to come, or is it just people who are like kind of like banging your yeah. door down, like, let me come and play?
2: <laughs> well, I, I, it was a combination of, of, of both, really. We wanted, a, firstly, everyone that lived had to live in the UK, yeah, which is which was important for, for, for obvious reasons, everyone has to be like a UK resident. Um, and also, we, we we knew well, we knew the world spotlight I was going to be on us, maybe not that not much of the spotlight. It was berserk And you know, there's been like seven, Over 7 billion engagements now On, wow. on just that, On those events So with that in mind With the kind of Assurance that People are going to be talking About what, what we're doing We're like okay You know we need to make sure but everything we do is it's a real range of what circus does. And also really um, appropriate to the, the, the feeling in the world at the moment as well. You know, we didn't want it to just to be years ago or even years, a range of a range of music. Yeah. Cause obviously J is more of a selector, you know, I think she plays tunes and she has a good time, plays another tune, has a good time. Um, plus Madonna kind of really goes at it, but in the end just play like big room disco, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that was great to see. Um, so, and the fat boy Slim You know He got in touch His manager got in touch With Rich And said look Any chance like, yeah. We would love to play And we like Yeah yeah Let's let's make it work And, and we did And, and everybody was um, Thrilled To yeah. play All of them Everyone was like So made up And it was so emotional Especially on, on the Friday it, it just I can't overstate How it felt that yeah. The fact that it was Even happening Yeah I saw um, the, And the, and the, I saw and the, the feedback Since it's been just crazy
0: I saw the video Of Lauren Lo Sung Saying that she was crying was yeah. it like on her first song or something? That must have been like, mad.
1: For people did, who didn't go to the event, I feel like it was emotional <laughs> anyway. So I can't even imagine what it was like being there and organising it. Cause, yeah.
0: And- wow. Uh, as soon as so uh, before it was happening everyone obviously was excited about it on social media or whatever like people that we knew that were going and then straight after TikTok was flooded with videos of from really? the actual yeah. event yeah of people I like, and I was TikTok like this is too. mad because you feel like on TikTok everyone's so far away but it literally was just like yeah. around the corner I'm like
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it was like an, a, an unbelievable effort to make it even happen because we, you know I'd been knocking down on the door Liverpool Council suggesting, look, surely there's got to be some sort of events happening at some point in some way. What's the story? Is it going to be a test events or, or whatever I called them months and months ago? And then um, Richard speaking to them too. And then it. it, 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 it- didn't come to anything at all and then about well four weeks before the event they suddenly like they got in touch and was like yeah yeah we've had the nods from the central government well from uh, health and safety england um health england yeah to say that the the, the r rate of the rate was one in 500 which is the trigger points to be able to kind of do safe events so they said do you want to do it um you've got three and a half weeks and we're like yeah yeah no worries let's let's crack <laughs> on wow. thinking okay just, just put an event together I mean, like three and a half weeks yeah no problem you know I'm sure the appetite for tickets is going to be there but we'll, we obviously all the risk is on our shoulders as well uh, you know economically so we we, we just went for it got our amazing production guy Sam Newsom and our amazing health and safety guy Eddie um, to kind of come together that was the easy part <clears throat> yeah. now getting I've said this a few times but we get, getting a kind of balance between the requirements of Liverpool Council their uh, health and safety um, the scientists and central government the scientists in Liverpool um, all, all these kind of other moving target variables on a day to day to day basis, which we kind of move and left to right. And but I have to say, everybody that was on this, we had these calls every day at four thirty. Everybody was super cool, super helpful. Wanted to move forward. Um, didn't uh, w- w- was reasonable that, that they took our point of view on board, and we just moved forward day to day. To get closer to uh, to be able to do it, now obviously trying to sell tickets, book the lineup, market it, deal with a few kind of less than positive responses and stuff like that. But o- overall, the fact that it even happened was such a gargantuan effort for so like literally hundreds of people. Yeah, and uh, you know it was unbelievable Play- playing that first record because I played the first hour as well. So playing that first record and when it started, and um, people were like, "It's happening!" Yeah, and then people started are Coming in and like literally screaming in the middle of the dance floor on their own, shouting, Thank you! And all that. Oh my and what, god, I've
1: just got that makes me want to cry, yeah.
3: <laughs> Honestly, well, I, I,
2: you know, uh, one girl, um gave me a thank you card and she explained and all those things why what she had a what well, how a year had been yeah. and you know wanted to say thank you for trying so hard and all those things i'm trying to dj and it's like oh shit. so <laughs> uh so yeah that 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 was emotional but again you know after my first hour lauren came on mm-hmm. And by that point, quite a number of people had come in. and then she's playing their first record, which is kind of a, kind of a Detroity like cinematic intro and she's trying to real people in 14 months properly. And then people come in and start to kind of screaming and shout in and Lawin! and she just went, <laughs> And she just burst into tears and you know and it was such a release for for her, you know, yeah. and, um, yeah it was it was one of many emotional moments that day.
1: Yeah cuz I think from like um an audience point of view you forget that for a DJ that's that's your life that's your career and if you, if you're not doing it for so long how much that actually means when you can can be back with everyone like from our point of view on a dance floor but also like playing music like Yeah just yeah. such a
2: void for so long. Well, if it's something that you've literally dedicated your life to up to that moment, and it's been taken away, and all the kind of bits and pieces that come with it, like your your kind of social circle, you know, your income, um, your mental stability, in a lot of ways, your self-esteem—all those things have been kind of taken out of the equation. They were all put back temporarily that weekend, you know. So it's it's a lot to kind of absorb in one moment. So when Laura, (laughs) when she played her first tune, it was great. It was so good. Yeah.
1: what were like your like personal nerves back did you feel really nervous for like stepping back out there for the first time in, in a while? or did it all just uh, feel like you'd never been away
2: well because i played the first hour i suppose i, I had the, the buffer of kind of getting back into the groove i playing the first tune was nice and i need to do something with that record because i made it 10 years ago it's called welcome to the world and i just thought oh. i'd have never played it anywhere else before and it's, it's been sitting on my hard drive for 10 years and it's a beautiful kind of like guitar based elegant record that has never been played anywhere before or since so i should do something with it so it was nice to play that and hear it out and then I kind of just played some deepness for an hour but later on I mean sure you've seen the videos you know when I had to get a step up and do the full show but um yeah I was surprisingly okay yeah yeah Yeah. I was kind of ready for it I suppose I was buzzed up
0: yeah was it you who played um you're free
2: yeah yeah (laughs) I saw so
0: many videos from that that
2: was just it was it was epic
0: everyone screaming along.
1: I know. I felt like I was glued to social media that weekend, just looking for any new videos that were popping up to just see like a different angle of it, so the lineup or whatever. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, I can't, I can't believe I, I, that, that moment. I was just like, wow, because it was such a release. And obviously, lyrically, it was a perfect record. You know, even the, the, the verse leading to chorus, what it says, and all those things. And you know, I'd made this kind of interesting little edit before before that to kind of have a journey to that moment. So uh yeah it was it was powerful yeah and it, you know it's going to be the most watched moment in my dj career to yeah. just, it's like you know, i don't know how many tens of millions of views and all that but it's crazy
3: yeah it's
1: literally history like yeah. literally um, everyone will remember it forever <laughs> yeah,
2: was the vibe
0: absolutely. like exactly the same from friday to saturday or did it start getting emotional again towards the end of saturday night mm. where you're like oh this ends now <gasps>
2: I oh, know, I was done in by the end. Because yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I,
0: I, <laughs> must have been shattered.
2: Because my, my Friday, one thing I've not, not really mentioned, it wasn't like I played the first record and that was cool and then I had five hours off until half seven. When I started again, I had to do one interview. After the other, mm-hmm. after the other, after the other. And 15-minute slots right up until I started I started my interviews that day. at six in the morning, and I finished them at quarter past ten at night in between DJing, and wow. I didn't do anything else. So it, it, it was exhausting. And I had to keep on reminding myself, this is going to fall off a cliff on one day-ish. Well, yeah. I'm not, I didn't actually in the end, but I, I thought it <laughs> was going to switch off. But, um, you know, and the people I was speaking to was, like, obviously, the, the New York New York Times, wow. Um. Uh, Bloomberg Obviously um, The New Yorker Radio 4 Today programme And the reason I mention them Is because They're so far removed yeah. From what we do And on top of You know Granada ITV Channel 4 um, BBC Every major news I'll let CNN Map bonkers Um but again, it, it started to really dawn on me throughout the day that this is a proper global news story here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also kind of like a positive one as well, which is kind of a nice break from all kind of... Because am I right in thinking that you had a conversation with Prince William mm. during kind of... I remember seeing it on your Twitter and that must have been a really emotional conversation. So it must be nice for you to kind of speak about things reopening and like the positive side of everything
2: well yeah I, I guess even that was kind of a bit of a curveball because I put out that Instagram post a while ago and it was just like okay I don't like to swear too much but I just went fuck this I'm not having it you know our whole industry's been left left behind here you know and I've got air in my lungs and I've got strength in my arms I'm going to go out kick some doors in and see what the story is because everyone has been left behind economically yeah. which is leading to all sorts of problems never mind just kind of being skimmed mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I kind of put a cause to action if you like which and then within in two weeks I'd been invited to speak to Prince William wow. <laughs> so I was like okay I've, I've never seen that one coming but <laughs> the reason was because Liverpool was having such a tough time and it had been placed into tier four earlier than the rest of the country so it was being dis- treated disproportionately unfair as uh, a lot of people might agree so given as due Prince William I found out that I wanted to speak to someone in Liverpool that may maybe have had a, a viewpoint on it. And they for some reason asked me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And there's Natalie as well from Leaf. So ju- just the two of us thought we were gonna be like, you know, five minute ego of a script, blah, 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 move on. Yeah. The next you know, kind of the handshake mm-hmm. you see at yeah. the movie premieres and stuff yeah. that. But it wasn't at all. Um, we were expecting to one one thing I said to the 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 palace just before we started was like, Look, what, what's the protocol? You know, what's the you know, how do what do we say? How do we treat him and they're like the only thing you've got to do is just give it to him. Don't hold back. You just the way it is. He doesn't want no sugar coating. Just yeah. say how it is. It's like great. So we did, and we we thought five-minute conversation was going to be maybe ten or fifteen, and it was like forty-five minutes in the end. Mm. And he wasn't on script at all. And he 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 a shit. So some of the things that we mentioned during the conversation, he, he took to government literally the, the next day, and like to think move things along. I don't I, I don't know because he's not allowed to say and all those things. But I did invite him to the first dance. Ah, uh, imagine. Imagine. I, did. Did, I you- did. I I emailed the palace because I've got the like his secretary's email address and said, look, I'm just letting you know from yeah. the conversation we had all those months ago. And I said, if anything comes of it, I will invite you. And I thought you probably can't come, but here it is. Yeah. Uh, imagine and, like and, uh, guess what? And, uh, Yusuf,
0: B2B, Prince William. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it would have been, I don't know, but yeah. if, if, you know, in fairness, it was his 10th wedding anniversary the same day. Oh.
1: You know, if it
2: hadn't have been his anniversary, rain
1: rain check though. Maybe yeah, a future one. Maybe just when you back open.
2: But he was cool. He was cool, and I like to think he was—he he was helpful. And um, whatever, whatever it was, the whole path led to the first dance.
0: Yeah. So the reason that Liverpool was the home to the pilot events was because of the R
2: No. Well, it was because largely when Liverpool was given the opportunity to be the city with mass testing, the first in yeah. the country. Yeah, which went unbelievably well, you know, and the Liverpool kind of the facilities in the city and the people of the city showed that they were able to kind of do mass testing really kind of um, efficiently and effectively, and it was it couldn't be more successful. So I think that it was it was a follow-on from that. Okay, you know, you've proved that you can handle this. Would you would you like to? And again, because because of the R eight. Uh, I'm not too sure if it was just in Liverpool or, or nationwide but because um, Health England decided it was, it was fine that's mm-hmm. when the city got the nod
0: yeah I feel like mm-hmm. it's been the most positive episode that we've had yeah. because we've more or less I'd say not in a negative way but kind of dwelled on how the pandemics made us feel well, we've recorded which is obviously a huge yeah. part of everyone's life but this has felt like the most forward thinking well, yeah you're right like I mean, positive we've been in lockdown
1: for most of the other episodes Yeah. So I feel like we didn't really have have a light at the end of the tunnel, but there's this has actually been really nice
0: and we've not even mentioned that (laughs) obviously today is May seventeenth. yeah this will come out next week but how are you feeling um, about today like what have you got any plans like what are you doing (laughs) yeah Yeah, going to eat indoors
2: I'm I'm just too busy I'm too busy to even realise okay I'd I'd love to you know at some point maybe it will but who knows who knows but I think it's great that hospitality can finally maybe earn some proper money yeah, you know, yeah. because it's been—it's been so hard for so many people. Yeah. Um, they've been so patients and they've delivered on a like like nobody else has. so it's great that I can get back to business so wishing the best luck. so with that in mind yeah I will go for a pint
0: yeah, yeah. inside <laughs> yeah. Though, me. you have to go inside yeah. otherwise it won't feel any different to the last few years not that that's a bad yeah. thing you can still go for a pint but just not in the pouring rain yeah it's been I know it's been hard to see like because I live in Manchester following a lot of people on Instagram like restaurants and stuff saying oh we have to close today because of the weather and it's like mm-hmm. you know this thing's come I know that there's a roadmap there for a reason but it's hard to think you know I can go inside next week but I can't now so it's always Mm. a bit like oh but there's a Unless, reason for the
2: rules. Um, yeah, I think we just have to just be, overall just be patient with it. And I think I, I might have had a slightly different viewpoint on that before the first dance. But I have, having to like speak directly with these unbelievably skilled and experienced and knowledgeable scientists who know their shit like nobody else does, and we mm-hmm. have to and you have to trust them. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, and that that's what i that's what I've learned to do.
0: Yeah. Are you allowed to talk about the results? What was the results?
2: Yeah, um, we don't have them back yet okay. or rather um, they've not been handed over yeah. just yet but but you know I have to say as far as I understand June 21st is looking very very uh, optimistic as in like it'll be cool yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. oh yeah. wow what have you got planned post then what's tell us more about what Circus has planned yeah you, what's on the planned.
2: yeah we've, we've got all sorts we've got obviously the sold out Sashy one at the Invisible Wind Factory and then we've got um, I'm going to do well, as soon as the, the roadmap got announced, I was like, OK, even though at that point I not earned any money from, from like over a year, I wanted to do my first gig back at the art club, which was the, the spiritual home of circus where we, we started and do it. Um, for all the income to go to the, the NHS and other local charities uh, so wow. that's what it did on July, on July the 10th and it sold out in three minutes
3: wow which is wow. fantastic crazy.
2: so it's great because I'm that's not like going to go um, not going to go to um, Alder, Alder Hay Hospital yeah. because for, for personal reasons for myself I was in there as a kid which was a different story That my daughter was in there and, and they saved their life twice wow so yeah so they had, they had to go to had to be there so we're doing that and then there's a couple of Elro parties yeah. and then a few things were brought to. Announcing July and August, which are not to be missed, shall we say? Yes, (laughs) We like that phrase at
0: Skiddle, not to be missed.
2: (laughs) Don't (laughs) miss out. But yeah, yeah, um, we've got lots going on. And then, you know, what else is going on for me? I'm still on a kind of separate crusade, you know, even though we've got the events hopefully happening again, but I'm trying to put a flag in the sand. In fact, I'm not trying to, I'm putting a flag in the sand with me and a few others to kind of get our industry recognized by governments. Yeah. Because uh, they, they don't get it. Yeah. They don't understand anything about the kind of 30 year plus history of electronic music around mm-hmm. the world and in the UK. They essentially don't understand the difference between Dave Double Deck and the local boozer and say The Prodigy. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm, I'm cultivating this understanding so they will, for, for the rest of eternity, know that we are kind of meant to be taken a lot more seriously and handled with... <laughs> you Know as, as a cultural body, just like any of the other arts, so that's another thing I've been doing yeah. simultaneously is the first dance as well.
0: Yeah, that's
1: amazing, and something definitely because I feel like that was quite clear in the last 18 months that that what like electronic music wasn't considered as part of the arts and culture section as much yeah, as it
0: was. Other like sectors. you know, theatres can do this, but they don't really yeah. understand that you like yeah. this yeah, kind just of music. About. Is no, part it's, of it's, it's music I, part. I thought
2: that too, you know, and I you know, you probably if you go back through my Instagram, I use those words to. To, forgotten about. They don't give a shit. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, but it, it wasn't that. They just don't understand. They don't yeah. know because it th- th- there's never been anyone to kind of channel that information directly from us to them. Yeah. There's no. There's no one in between. I'm not saying that's going to be me, but mm-hmm. uh, someone needs to kind of have that kind of dialogue with them, and um that's the next ch- challenge.
1: Yeah. So it's just communication, and you learn. From yeah. other parties by speaking about it. So that's great. That's something we can look forward to Yeah. seeing.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm we going to be asking for everybody's help. Well, Everyone we, that works in the in- in industry. Yeah. have got to put a shift in on this one. Everyone. Yeah. Yes, for sure. on- <laughs> we'll do anything we, we can.
0: will. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've, it's been a bit difficult, hasn't it? We're, oh, Skiddles obviously wouldn't be anything without the promoters that put on the, the listings. And it's been a, it's been a crazy time. But I think you've made a good point in this, in the sense that like the work doesn't stop here like it has to continue forward because I think whilst we were in the depths of like lockdown and the pandemic we were like oh they don't recognise us and now it might have, might have fallen a little bit to the back of some people's minds in the sense of the people that might attend the, the events because uh, they're just looking forward to like June 21st I just want to get out but like the the work has to continue and they have mm-hmm. to help lobby for this kind of totally. change I suppose Absolutely. Yeah. Well
2: I, I'm, I'm very much on it believe me And I I think, um, like, like I say, not going in with a kind of, like a negative, it's like shouting at a kid yeah you know even go into town and explain and um, why you know that they should maybe think of a different different way or give your viewpoint the kids well i'm going to say that they usually listen but my mind don't but, <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> but in theory funny. they do <laughs> they might <laughs> listen <laughs> they might just they, pretend they,
2: they don't <laughs> but the point is uh, you know when when you're speaking to it's not just like um it's cross-party mps as well mm-hmm. you know it's it, it their, their allegiance is irrelevant. When you're speaking to them just trying to explain your point of view in more with more eloquence lasts a lot longer mm-hmm.
0: yeah there was um, some really helpful resources as well like with ntia they did like a right to your mp thing i remember mm-hmm. doing that a couple of times over lockdown so mm-hmm. i feel like those kinds of resources to like the general public so that they could kind of some people don't really know what to say those resources yeah, yeah. have been really helpful um, so, more, more so of those. Too. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we're, we're
2: Definitely. I was speaking to Michael Kill from the NCIA only like an hour ago. And uh, we, he's become like a real kind of ally when we're working together, yeah. trying to kind of help whoever we can help. And it, it's been it, you know, it, helping other people for me over the last like 10, 12 months has kept the walls the wall from the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as in like it, it's kept my self esteem up and, you know, having a, um, a purpose. Yeah. Really. But I'm keeping that going. You know, I'm going to kind of suddenly put my headphones back on and see yeah. you in a bit really enjoyed it so i'm going to keep it as part of what i do
1: yeah good exciting that's mm. fab shall we ask our final question yeah you can ask this so that we ask all our guests if you could go on a night out with anyone anywhere where would it be and who would you go with It can be dead or alive oh, just make to make it anyone. yeah just to make it that little bit simpler
2: <laughs> um oh, that's a really really hard question but <laughs> you know what I have to admit it's an imaginary thing I love to go out with my uh, daughter and son when they're both over age oh yeah yeah that's probably the
0: most heartwarming
2: answer yeah. I've had. Yeah. If I could go, i like, go go on oh. them too and just see what they're like when they adults. That's amazing.
1: I mean, with your manifesting yeah. skills, like, you well, could have said there anything
2: only seven there. I <laughs> to go. But yeah, but yeah I, would, I would like that.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I suppose nothing will really get past you. Like, you really have been and done, like, all the clubbing, like, living the clubbing life. So, I suppose, who better to understand than, yeah. than you? <laughs> So, do they DJ or do they? Are they do they have an interest in any kind of music or is that something well, they're just like, oh, dad does
2: that? To, 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 to summarize it, I had hottest record of the in the world on Annie back a while ago, and went up to Theo, my son, said, son, son, look, I'm on BBC Radio One. Do you want to listen? And he just goes, I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I'm sure when it's, he's it's, it's, some of the videos recently though, that especially the Ultra Naté one with, with the kind of the confetti yeah. and all that stuff. We like the confetti. Oh yeah, yeah so to step in the right direction. Yeah.
0: Maybe maybe if Circus had like a bouncy castle, they'd be a bit <laughs> yeah. more on board.
2: Precisely. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> thanks so
0: much for chatting with us. I'm, we're it's really excited great. about like what's to come and any support that you need from i mean us will be there (laughs) skiddle definitely so um yeah thanks thanks for your time i know you're really busy but um we've really appreciated you letting us into your life a little bit
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right guys i I appreciate it and good luck with everything
0: thank you you. bye Bye. thank you for listening to the going out podcast with skiddle don't forget to like rate and subscribe wherever you hear this podcast thank you